Now, as far as the other side of the Flyers, the O side, um, the players that, of course, I have been, I don't know, I guess you could call me not a big fan of. And I've never, I never told, never said I was a big fan of these guys. And that, of course, is the big three, I like to call them, you know, the big three Jake Voracek, um, James Van Riemsdyk, and our boy, our captain, Claude Giroux. Now, Claude Giroux, sorry. Currently, as far as the leaders of this team state stand, uh, Travis Konechny leads the team in points with eight. He also leads the team in goals with five. Jake Voracek leaves the teams with assists and seven. And James Ram Reinsdijk has been an interesting, 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 interesting case study so far this season. Through seven games, he has tallied five goals and two assists. Uh, he went off last night against Dell, scored two goals, right? I know what you're saying. I'm way off base. I don't know what I'm talking about. JVR is serviceable. I never said he wasn't serviceable. That's not – I just hope that people understand that, that my issues with JVR have never been his serviceability. I just think that he's the wrong fit for this team right now. He just doesn't belong here. You know, the money that they're paying him to do what he's doing could be sent and used someplace else for another team, and we can get maybe two players here to do what he's doing. I don't like – James Van Riemsdyk's playoff issues. He seems to disappear in the playoffs and throughout his career. Now, of course, Travis Konechny in his very young career, not showing me that he's very playoff savvy either, but I just think that the money they're spending on JVR could be better use other places. Nothing personal against the former number two overall pick in the draft, but I just feel like that his services could be used somewhere else. Now, as far as the other two players that I wanted to look at this season, uh, you know, some of the, the the names that we've talked about, you know, that were requiring to have big comeback seasons. Now, Nolan Patrick, through seven games, pretty solid, man. Two goals and three assists. Really been a presence in front of the net. Doesn't seem to be showing any signs of that migraine disorder anymore. Seems to really have kind of turned the corner with that. And has been productive. And he's involved in the play. He's involved in front of the net. He's a body. He's a banger. He seems like he's been reborn. Very positive. Very optimistic about what um, Nolan Patrick is going to be bringing to this team going forward. Now, the other player, Oscar Limbaugh. Again, great story. Through seven games, played all seven. Two goals, two assists for four points. Again, around the net. Again, a presence doesn't seem to be being held back by his by his cancer. Outstanding early returns on these two young men. And as we move forward through the season, we're going to need them. Now, let's talk a little bit about our captain, Mr. Giroux. Through seven games, Claude has yet to register a goal. Now, he does have six assists, and he is continuing that new role that he's established over the last two seasons or so, and that is of facilitator, not necessarily goal scorer. <clears throat> and I got it. He's the captain. It's hard to move away from the captain. But when we look at these players and we look at Giroux, Voracek, and Van Rienstijk, what is the future of those three here? When it 
comes to the future of winning Stanley Cups for the Flyers, what role do those three players have in that? And that, that you know, I guess that, that remains to be seen. But I just feel it's getting time. It's there. Starting to move away from these guys, time is now. So, through seven games, 4-2-1, and one, am I jumping for joy about them? No. Am I concerned about them? Yeah, no. Do I have that faith and confidence in them? Absolutely. Everyone seems to be having a certain level and degree of, of concern about the Flyers. I am not. Seven games. Let's give them some time, okay? Now let's transition to the hardwood, all right? So, again, the last time we spoke Sixers, the last time we talked about them, uh, they had just kind of decided not to trade Ben Simmons to the uh, Houston Rockets in the, in the James Harden trade. And since the last time we spoke, the Sixers have gone three and two uh, in to include one postponement. And in those three and two games, one of those games, Joel Embiid did not play. Listen, the Sixers are currently 12 and six, and they're the first seed in the East. I'm not, you know, it is too early for me to get all on any kind of bandwagon about the Sixers. I don't like them. I don't like how they're constructed. I don't like Ben Simmons. All right. When the man averages four shots a night and he's your second centerpiece, he's your other superstar, I don't care. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. So please, Maury, Elton Brand, Doc Rivers, get this guy out of here. We are never going to win an NBA championship with Benjamin Simmons. And I'm going to take your line out of Howard Eskin's playbook. Don't pronounce his name Benjamin because he doesn't have a J. Right, he doesn't have a jump shot, so we're not going to put the J in his name. I, I got to give Howard credit for that. I'm done with Ben. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough to know that I've seen too much, and for me, it's time. It's time to move on. I just don't think they're going to win a championship the way that they are currently constructed, and they're going to have to move them. They really are. So the Sixers are kind of plodding along, right? Twelve and six. They're playing good ball. Joel Embiid is having an MVP type season. And so far, he is definitely providing that. But it would be a damn shame to waste all that because Ben Simmons doesn't want to take a jump shot, right? So I say, get off the pot and let's move him along. Now let's move into the last bit of news I want to talk about, and that is the Phillies. That is right. Can you believe it, man? Can you goddamn believe it? February 13th in about, I guess now, two and a half weeks, the Phillies right now will report to Clearwater for the 2021 spring training season. That's right. So far, so good. So far, no postponements. So far, no COVID cancellations. Oh, by the way, just a little personal information. I have received my first COVID vaccine. I'll be getting my second one here in about two weeks. So I'm feeling kind of weird, you know. I don't, I'm not sick. I feel kind of weird. But anyway, don't regret it. How to be done. Anyway, back to the Phillies. In three weeks, or two and a half weeks, they will go to Clearwater. Now, what are they going to Clearwater with? Great question. And I'm going to try <coughs> to make some sense out of that. Let's go around the diamond, shall we? And let's start at first base, my position. So, Reese Oscars, who this uh, past uh, couple weeks ago, settled uh, the Phillies' 
and Hoskins avoided arbitration, and they signed him to it. You know, they they came up with a deal. Obviously, he's going to be our first baseman to start the season, right? Am I jumping for joy about that? No. Okay. Now, moving on to second base. There we go. Here we go on, on – actually, to be honest with you, first base is our first question mark. But our first real question mark is who the hell is playing second? Is it going to be Gene Segura, who's entering a third year of a horrible five-year contract? Or is it going to be the other person entering the third year of a horrible contract, Scott Kingerly? I don't know who the hell you want to put there. Now, I want to save the most in-depth Phillies conversations for a little bit later on, right? I'm not going to get too in the weeds in all this right now. But obviously, if you look at the Kennerly Segura situation, Kennerly was a prospect brought up through the Phillies system. The Phillies have more invested in Scott Kennerly. He's a younger player. Why not play him at second base? I think the Phillies, honestly, for the past year and a half now, have been trying to move Segura to no avail. I don't think anybody wants to take that contract on. I don't blame them. But this would probably be the final year of Gene Segura's time with the Phillies because of the fact that he'll have one more year left. He's probably going to be easier to move or even just take a cap hit by cutting him. So second base is kind of up in the, up in the air. So is shortstop. And it's more so up in the air because we don't have a shortstop. DD is gone. Uh, the Phillies have, have had some interest in some free agents. Nothing to date yet. Uh, there's some talk that DD wants a two-year deal. The Phillies are not interested in giving him a two-year deal. Uh, they're interested in re-signing somebody or signing somebody for a one-year deal. The shortstop market in 2022, free agent-wise, is going to be pretty stacked. So I guess they don't want to kind of like – Hitched their wagon to somebody in 21. Now, third base got Eric Baum. Uh, not a third baseman, right? I think we, we figured that out last year. But he's definitely that young Jason Worth type of hitter. Definitely got to be in the lineup somehow. Right now, the only spot on the infield for him is the third, play him at third. Or we can put him at first, move Hoskins in the outfield. I don't know. But right now, he's going to be our third baseman, right? Heading out in the outfield, you got a center field platoon of Adam Hazley and Roman Quinn. Out there in left field, you got uh, McCutcheon, and you got, of course, Mr. Bryce Harper and Wright. Uh, a pretty set outfield, but not really. You got unproven talent in center. You got aging talent in left, and you got Bryce Harper and Wright. So, not really doing flip flops about the outfield either at this point. Now let's go back to the backstop. Now this has been the most intriguing position of the off season, and that, of course, is catcher. Now, JT Real Muto was allegedly looking in the free agent market of around the $155 million range. <laughs> and I guess he thought someone was going to pay a 31-year-old catcher that kind of money. Well, he found out nobody was. And he settled. I, you know, it's hard for me to say the word settled when you're talking about millions of dollars, but he agreed to a five-year, $115 million contract with the Phillies. Now, of course, this is not a confirmed agreement yet, but this is a pretty much done deal that he'll be back in Philadelphia. Listen, about that, I'm okay with it. I'm okay that they didn't break the bank with them. And I'm also okay that we still got 
return on the investment of trading Sixto Sanchez to the Marlins. Now, eventually, you know, we don't know how that's all going to play out. Obviously, Sixto being, you know, entering his second year in the major leagues, uh, different upside to JT, different parts of their career. He'll probably last longer and maybe turn out the better of the deal. Who knows? But at least now we don't have to talk about catcher for at least two or three more seasons, and then we can maybe figure that out. So kudos to the Phillies for bringing back JT. Now, a couple other uh, things I want to talk about. There's been a bunch of uh, signings, lower-level type signings. Um, the Phillies this month have been pretty active. You know, they've they brought in some people. Now, whether or not half of these guys don't, you know, if they stick on the roster or not, remains to be seen. But we got Nefali Felez, Neftali Ferez, Felez, sorry. Uh, you got Ronald Torres, who is a uh, shortstop. Catcher uh, Christian Benincourt, ben- who will probably push Andrew Knapp for the backup position. They also brought in Michael Yona. He's a pitcher. Um, the Phillies also made a deal. They sent um, Carson Ragsdale to the Giants for Sam Conrad. Con- Conrad. He's a out of the bullpen type arm, you know. And that's not again. We 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 we, we can't, we're trying to kind of move in that direction. David Polino was brought in. Archie Bradley, who was probably it's probably the biggest signing of the Phillies offseason. He was with the Diamondbacks, kind of was the setup guy there. Uh, went to the Reds last season, did the same thing. He'll probably be our new closer. So the Phillies have at least lower level-wise with free agency have attempted to address the bullpen. Now there's going to be probably about 50 people in camp vying for about eight bullpen slots. And you know what? The What I say, the more the merrier. Bring them all in. I don't care if there's 100 players there. I just need to find the best eight because I'm, I'm not – they better not go into the next season with the bullpen they had this year. Um, we also picked up shortstop C.J. Chatham. Uh, we also signed Brian Mitchell, pitcher. And, um, again, I mentioned the, the big move with uh, J.T. So things are beginning to kind of come into focus a little bit with the Phillies as well as we get closer to spring training. But – not going to get too much into that. We'll talk Phillies a little bit later on as we get into spring training and as we get closer to the start of the 21 baseball season. So that pretty much was the week that was in Philadelphia sports. And it was actually a pretty busy week for COVID land and January and no Eagles football on the field, that is. Of course, there's a ton of it off the field. And it's going to keep things really hot and moving through the offseason. So that's, you know, that, that pretty much is it for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back and it was good to be back. Definitely can't wait to get going. I got a lot of guests lined up. Got a lot more things to talk about. I will be back shortly, possibly this week, definitely next week. We'll continue to talk this. We'll continue to dissect the Eagles' new head coach. The Flyers, six in progress, and of course, the beginning of the 2021 Philly season. So until I talk to you next time, take care, everybody.